Hello. Hi, John. How's it going? Oh, hello, Merlin. Rather. Things are good. Oh, smashing to hear. Yes, hip, hip, jolly oh, good. Oh, yes. Oh, one <sighs> does enjoy one's Skype calls with uh, one's friends in the yes, morning. Yes, one does. Yes, yes one true. does. Quite yes. so. <laughs> uh, Membership has its privileges. So you say. Ooh, I got some really, really tangy espresso. Oh, tangy espresso. Tangy. Yeah, I love their first three records, but mm-hmm. then. Tangy. Yep, yep, yep. Everything's going pretty good. Pretty yep, good. Yep, yep, yep. Book, book, yep, book, book, yep. Book, telephone. Book. <laughs> it's going to be uh, one of those episodes, huh? <laughs> Who knows? That's Who knows? how it is in you their know family. As you say, what's in the show is in the show. Everything that's in the show is in the show. It's happening in the show. And that's how you know it's in the show. That's precisely right. Precisely Mont. Early. Merlin, man. John Roderick, he's watching you. That's in the show. That's in the show. Everything that's in the show, it's part of the show. That's how you Someone know. Someone pointed out to me the other day that every time you look at a picture of Hall and Oates, Hall is on the left, Oates is on the right. Uh, this is true. I've checked I, this. I have found oh. a couple candid shots, but pretty much every... This goes all the way back to like 73, maybe. Hall is, is it always you that on, told me this? It, it, no. might, it might be. I've told a lot of people about this. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's always Hall on our left. Yeah, Hall, Hall on our left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hall on our left. <laughs> is watching you. Oh, man. They're, you know, they're underrated. Um, they're really underrated. We've gone over this, haven't we? Oh, I, you know what? We can't talk about Hollow Notes. No, it's, not uh, talk it's about like time travel. Time travel. I'm not going to talk, talk about <sighs> What's going on in your world, Merlin? Oh, I my neck of the woods. It's been yeah. a while now. It's good. It's good. I, I, um, yeah, I got strong feelings. Yeah. Oh, I got yes. strong feelings about The Walking Dead, but I also have strong feelings about REI. Well, let's start with REI because I don't uh, know anything about The Walking Dead. So no, no, about- no, I don't want to talk about Let's not talk about time travel. No, 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 but I want to talk about REI. I've got it. See, I've got a history with REI, and it all comes back to this basic point. I go into that store for an article of clothing or gear that's going mm-hmm. to have some kind of a fairly specific uh, non adventure role. In my life. Do you want it to wick away sweat? Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind that. Mm-hmm. Do you this... want it to be lightweight but still durable? Uh, yeah, that would be nice. Right. Uh, I, I would like it to be a modern technical in a lot of yeah. cases. But I, I think technical. I told you the story the first time I remember ever buying something at an REI. I went in and was buying a pair of what was then. You remember in the late 90s, there was a Vogue for kind of like high-tech cargo pants. Uh-huh. Like Urban uh-huh. Outfitter pants that were like $150. And also, we were still wearing, uh, we in the dot-com biz, we're still wearing uh, like a hiking boot tour. Yeah, oh, hiking boot. That was kind of a look. It's an evergreen look. And Was it, uh, were they Royal Robins brand pants? I've had, a, I have a Royal Robins uh, shirt yeah. from around that time that I still wear. It's been very durable and it wicks. And lightweight. Durable, lightweight uh, for my active lifestyle. Right, wicks away the sweat. So oh, anyway, anyway, I went. I mean, this is just this just sets the tone for my REI problem, which is, I must say, my problem, not REI's problem. Well, but you never know. Well, here's the thing: 
I went in there and uh, I shop like a dude. You know, I tend to just kind of like I barely stop moving the entire time I'm in the place. I put on these shoes and then they, they offer me this device that they, they roll, have this little device where you can like it emulates rock. And oh. so it, it looks kind of like an organic hassock, like almost like the world's worst ottoman. Like if you had or- a stalagmite that was an ottoman. An organic hassock. Or- organic hassock. <laughs> Cassock, hassock, hassock. Hassock. I think a cassock is a dancer. A, a cassock is well. It's a kind of Russian. R- and rhythm is a dancer. Is that right? Yeah, rhythm is going to move you. Okay. What? what do you consider yourself I, part of the rhythm nation? I, I was. Okay. I was until uh, Miss Jackson said I was nasty. Oh, that's right. And it all comes back to Merlin Man. So yeah. they had this. I tried them on, and they're like, and the guy's talking about things like torsion control. Oh yeah, you got to have that. And all this in the wide foot base, and right. uh, he offered me the uh, organic hassock to tr- yeah. to tread upon in order to test the performance characteristics uh-huh. of my new footwear and he said uh, you know what, what are you going to what are you going to be doing with these <laughs> and I'll never forget I said I was on I was on lunch break for my dot com job and I said I said <laughs> what are you going to do with these <laughs> I said I said these are web page making shoes yeah! and he was um he was not mad I mean I think he was maybe not even exactly disappointed but like I let him down because yeah. I'm, I'm, even then I was a middle-aged white guy. I, nothing much has changed, but I don't think you're supposed to tear away the veil as abruptly as I did. No, you're supposed to say, well, you know, I do a lot of hiking, a lot of weekend stuff. We get out there. Sure, Try I, to get, get, out I get, there. My, get my Thule box uh-huh. and put it on my <laughs> Subaru and I go to the front face of the yeah. mountain climb and, yeah. you know, get yeah, ex- you know. All you have to do, all you have to say is try to get out there. Oh, uh, you know, I always try to get out there. That's why I got a yeah, Subaru. Know. You know, yeah, you love is out. what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Well, love and <laughs> yeah, rockets. Love, love and uh, and you know what? Coexistence. Oh, coexist. Yeah, that's coexist. what makes a Subaru coexist. Oh, and also, yeah, wagging less and barking more. Oh, no, 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 wait, wait a minute, wait, hang on. Wait. I'm part of the Elizabeth Warren wing of no, the bumper sticker that. community. So. So now, fast forward to today. So we don't go to the mall very much, but I went to visit some friends in Corta Madeira. And Corta Madeira is where they have two really nice malls. When we go to Corta Madeira or pass by Corta Madeira, I make a point of saying to my to my ladies, I say, let's go to the mall. Because for one thing, they got a bookstore. They got a Barnes and Noble, so you can go to the bookstore, buy some books. They also Which, have uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Not at all, when please. You say, when you say let's go to the mall. You already stipulated two really nice malls in Corta Madeira. Yeah, let me look these up. About how, do you, do, does everybody know which mall you're referring to, or oh, is it they every might, time they a might. Coin well, we, We've got Stonestown. We've been to Stonestown, you and me. That's near us. That's that's kind of a sad mall, uh, mm. and it's it's kind of on its way out. But Corta Madeira. So there's two malls there. There's the Village at Corta Madeira, and there is the towns. <laughs> There's the village at Corte Madeira, and then there's the town center Corte Madeira. Does and, center have an E at the end? No, it's not a Santra. Uh-huh. It's not a th- theatra. It's, uh, it, so in there across uh, the highway from each other. Uh-huh. Now, our friends live like a stone's throw from this mall. So we go to the mall, we go to the Barnes & Noble, and we go, I go to the REI. Because I says to my wife, I says, I says I, I'm very happy. I says, wife? I says, wife, I, I'm very happy with my rain jacket that they got me for my birthday 
a year or two ago. I love it. Love it. I think it's a marmot. It's got a liner. It's really nice. It's blue. It's everything I could want in a jacket. And I think, let's be honest, I think we bought it at an REI. Right. It sheds. It sheds rain, but it, it wicks it away wicks. sweat. It's got performance characteristics and torsion control. So now, you know, flash forward. This is some sixteen, seventeen years since my my first REI experience, and I still feel like an utter fucking poser because here's me me is i want to go in there and i want to get some kind of a jacket that's not quite a rain jacket i want it to be not quite a pendleton shirt i want something that's like a a jacket that a man would wear and not look like he's cosplaying some role right now i'm not going to make a big deal about this people should do the things that they like to do and i have nothing against cosplay or larping or or fronting the face of the extreme mountain Sure. With that said, I went in there and I looked at every single item they had in their jacket section. I almost made us late for dinner because I was determined to find something. And it wasn't here, even here. it wasn't even a money thing. It was I mean because they're all kind of costly. I was ready for that, but I thought there's got to be something here I could wear uh where where I don't look like I take yoga. Where, right. where I don't look like, and nothing again, nothing against the yoga community coexist, sure. but I want something that like looks like something I would wear. And my cosplay my default cosplay is to look kind of like a lesbian janitor, where I roll right. kind of a Carhartt Dicky look a lot of the time. My right. clothes and as, don't as fit. we know, lesbians have the best haircuts. I would and kill for a lesbian have, haircut. I would kill you for have a pretty good haircut, uh, but you don't. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. That's a whole different issue. I, I'm thinking about my friend Alex, who who who's part of the tribe. She goes to a Supercuts. I'm thinking of going... She has a great haircut. I'm thinking of going uh, to a Supercuts. I don't know. I don't know if you... I don't know how it's done. Hair's I mean, like grass, I, dude. It just grows back. But I've been following... I've been following this phenomenon, the yeah. lesbian haircut, for oh, 27 God. years. How do they I, do it? What is I different? I can't account for it. What is it? Ugh. But anyway, so there you are, in your Carhartt and Dickies, looking for the perfect coat to communicate... That you are you. Well, to communicate honestly, it's sort of the, I don't want to say the opposite of what you do, but I want to communicate as little as possible. I, I, <laughs> at this point, I want to just not be noticed. Mm-hmm. and But I want to do it in a way that's comfortable. Here's, here's some of my points. I would like it to be something that doesn't look too much like a rain jacket. Because uh, I've got a good rain jacket. I need something for when it's maybe going to rain, but probably not. I want it to be warm, but not polar. I would oh. like pockets. I, w- I would like some pockets on it. Do you would, want Velcro in, uh, closures? I like a Velcro sleeve dingus. Uh-huh. I don't mind snaps, and they're a little classier. Yeah. I looked at one by a company I think it's called, I want to say, Cool, K-U-H-L. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, they, they had some awesome nice things, movie. but they, they had kind of a yoga construction worker vibe and a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a they had a, a snap class, which, I'm, as I say, I'm not against. They also have their own, apparently REI has their own bespoke brand of super fancy. It's called Apterix or something like that. Oh, yeah. And and uh, those jackets are $750, which is yes, a little bit are. out of my price range. Plus, again, we're back to the dot-com shoes. I feel like I cannot live up to this clothing. So anyway, I walked out of there feeling kind of sad. I went and I looked at shirts, because I can always use another long-sleeve shirt. I ended up buying nothing, which is okay. But, uh, but I, you know, I'm frustrated with myself. I don't want to say I'm frustrated with REA because I'm pretty sure everybody that goes in there is pretty extreme. But I feel, uh, I, feel I, I have trouble finding the clothes that are for me. And now Sears, you know, they're not going to carry the Trump stuff anymore. Macy's, they're not doing great. I don't, I don't, I don't know where to turn in. And, and I'm trying not to just buy things on the Internet because that seems weird. 
Well, hey, that's where you... I am. That's where I am. I'm frustrated with The Walking Dead a little bit, and I yeah. did not find a jacket that sang to me. You have uh, you've hit on a thing, I'm afraid, hmm. Merlin. Hmm. Um, you hit on a real thing, and this thing is the what I would describe as the decline and fall of uh, outdoor gear. <laughs> <laughs> And we've talked about this Is that before. what I've hit upon? I think you've hit upon the decline was and fall. There, was there was there a time when you you would you would bet your life on this equipment? There was a time when you could be hanging <laughs> from that zipper. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could be hanging sitting there with your with your with your with your Jägermeister in your pocket, dangling off a rock somewhere in Germany. You're not even sure where. where? You feel like you're wearing borrowed feet, and and you're hanging on by a zipper. There was a time Hang, hanging on by a zipper. Um. There was a there was a sweet spot, right? I feel like there was a sweet spot when things had things had progressed from wool and and waxed cotton. Yeah, there were new fabrics. There were new. There was this new kind of science that we were saying, like, oh, we don't have to wear Keely Hansen rubber every time we go out into the rain. We can start to wear these lighter fabrics that breathe, that wick away the sweat, that have technology. Mm-hmm. But those items were still built, as, built in the fashion and of you know, like with the accoutrements of earlier coats. So, what 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 it was, I guess, was years and years of time tested. Uh, apparel design by which i mean like the the actual shape of the garment and the situation of the pockets the shape of the hood mm-hmm. the the use of certain kinds of clasp zip heavy zippers you know uh-huh. but we had these new fabrics and it was and now you could have a jacket that was red holy cow yeah and the and the the wicking of course being a big thing i keep mentioning mm-hmm. wicking is important Oh my God, wicking's important. And then some. Wicking's one of those things like a, like a microwave where you don't really realize how much you need it until you have it. And then you're like, how did I ever do without wicking? How did I do it? Although I know people that don't have a microwave, if you can believe that. Also, I made my first uh, egg in a cup. We should come back to that. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, I'll okay. come back to that. Um, but no, I'm, I'm with you. Well, I'm thinking here about uh, also, uh, and you know, so you know I'm not a ski person, but I'm thinking about when ski gear changed at some point, mm-hmm. I'm guessing in the 70s. Whereas mm-hmm. like, like when I was a kid and you got bundled up to go, as we would say, play in the snow, uh, you had all these layers and you looked like Ralphie's brother in you know, Christmas Story. And mm-hmm. then they came out with these zazzy colors in these more lightweight uh, uh, garments. And uh, but the, but then things got very. To use a phrase I learned from my wife, she refers to her clothes that she wears to exercise, which she does every day. She calls it technical gear. Yeah, that's right, technical gear. Yeah, there's where that, that's where we got off the rails. You think so? Yeah, because um, because as you say, it's not just you. You're not alone in sitting no. in your technical gear and and writing software codes. Mm-hmm. Nope. Um, no, uh, like one in a thousand people that buys a. That buys this stuff that's advertised with a photograph of someone summiting Machu Picchu. <laughs> they that feels have, good to say summiting Machu Picchu. Yeah, they've never summited Machu Picchu. Nope. 
and uh, and never will, right? Mm-hmm. But they, but they, but the gear, you know, it's like good, like you say, because you you live in a climate, you're going to go outside. Is it going to rain? I don't know. Is it going to, you know, like it could be sixty degrees when I walk out the door, and by the time I get where I'm going, it'd be forty degrees and like hailing. And I want something that doesn't that I don't look like a I don't look like a dope. Mm-hmm. Partly that I don't want to look like a dope. Like I get there and I'm not prepared. You want to be prepared for anything, even if you're not leaving the house. Well, and, and just there's and a hailstorm in your house. No, it could it could totally happen. This is climate is a very complicated issue. You got butterfly wings. I I'm with you on the Seattle thing though. Uh, in the sense that while while I think it's sweet that my daughter likes an umbrella, I do not do an umbrella. No, 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 no. I'm you above. Don't I'm above umbrellas. I got. A, I got. A, I got a hood, and I got my yeah. personal will. My will to power. That's right. What if you? Let's say you are. Let's say it's a Walking Dead scenario, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you have zombies everywhere, and you've got to like I don't know what. Go walking mm-hmm. amongst the dead. Um, walking amongst the dead, and presumably like hitting them with machetes sometimes, and you got a souped up truck. I'm. I'm just. I'm guessing about this from uh, seeing billboards in the New York subway. Yeah, you're not. You're not uh, that far off. But uh, so you're out there, and it's a you're on this death trail, and I I'm guessing you've heard rumors that somewhere there's a community of people that have survived, and oh, you're kind yeah. of on the well, way. You're, you're pretty there. good at this. You're headed there, mm-hmm. right, to meet up with, the, and it may just be a myth. This is going to be the one. This is going to be the place. <laughs> may just be the myth that they're there, but then you keep you have to keep going because what else? Why else? Can't turn back. You? Mm-hmm. you can't just surrender. You have to keep fighting. Are you going to be carrying a fucking umbrella? <laughs> no, not unless it's a poison tip umbrella. Unless and let it's me to replace your hand that was chopped off by the guy at the last community that was going to save <laughs> okay. your life. All right, so you got your hand chopped off, but somehow the poison blood of the zombies did not infect you. Yeah, you haven't turned. And mm-hmm. now you can now you can tape the umbrella to your hand, and you become Umbrella Man. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the guy at the Kennedy assassination. Why is he there? Huh? You, maybe the zombie is coming. Pretty, and pretty it's weird day those... to bring an umbrella. Looks like a pretty sunny day to me. <laughs> maybe it's a situation where if you get infected with a cold, mm-hmm. the zombie gets right in your face, but he can't smell you because they only want to kill well people. Mm. Right? Yeah, that's they that's one. Just so you know, not to spoil anything, but one common way to disguise yourself is to cover yourself with guts, like zombie guts, and then they yeah. think you're one of them. And you can you get yourself a poncho, and you put zombie guts on, and you can walk around. Now, you know, again, that poncho, you would want something with wicking, with mm-hmm. performance characteristics. You want Machu Picchu. Well, and Arcteryx actually makes a zombie gut. That's it, Arcteryx. Pon- you know the name. Of course I do. See, so Arcteryx is oh not God. an REI brand. They oh. are a Canadian. Super Adventure Tech brand, mm. and they're, they're, they're jack- in Seattle, like John Fluvog. Mm, no, no, Fluvog is a longtime Seattle company. Arcteryx, I think I they're think actually is, Canadian. People were I rooting you. I know they are. Jesus Christ, cut that out. Um, Arcteryx, I think, is made in uh, Bangladesh. But, okay, but, and it was you're designed gonna summit by Bangladesh. You're going to want some performance characteristics. Right. And Arcteryx, if you pick up one of those jackets that cost seven to seventeen hundred dollars, yeah, it's like you become lighter. The jacket is so light mm-hmm. that, that there's now like a there's like a bounce in your step. The, mm. the jacket is lifting you up off the earth. It takes twenty pounds away. Um, but I cannot I cannot personally pay eight hundred dollars for a tech, technical jacket. Mm. Um, so I have to go. I have to longingly paw through those things. I can't even justify the cost of a Patagonia jacket, which is only four hundred and fifty dollars. 
So, well, yeah, well, and it's I, to me, it's like expensive wine, where it's lost on me. Like you know, it's it's dropped bits. Like if I were to spend, I mean, you know, like you know, it's a common thing people idiots like me say is like you know the difference between a twenty dollar bottle of wine and a thousand dollar bottle of wine. It's a lot of money, but like I'm not sure I would appreciate it that that much more than say a forty dollar bottle of wine. Where like right. a two hundred dollar jacket, I go, hey, this is pretty nice. Like I've had some two hundred dollar jackets that are pretty nice. Right, right, but, but but you know seven seven hundred to seventeen hundred dollars is a lot for an apertix. It is, and it's a lot for the thing about. So I do not remember the first time I went to REI because I was going to REI when I was a little kid because my dad was like a very early member of REI and right. he knew right, he right, knew right, all right. those people personally, and like Jim Whitaker was. I don't. They weren't like pals, but they were high five and white guys for sure. Like we would see Jim Whitaker, and there'd be a lot of like high fiving and joshing. And um, so we were. That I was just. I grew up in the REI kind of, and then in Anchorage, the REI was like. It was almost a social place. If you went there, you were absolutely certain to run into one or seven people that you knew, and you'd stand around. Mm-hmm. And somebody was there for cross-country ski wax, and somebody was there because they needed, you know, five new pairs of wool socks, and somebody was there, you know, and I was there because I needed some kind of shoelaces, or, you know, it was like where you went, it was sort of the general store. Um, And I and all my friends, that was, you know, like if... Oh, and they also had the they also had what was at one point called the attic, then it was the basement, then it was the attic again. And Aria had one of those Nordstrom policies where you could return anything. Mm. So you can get a lot of stuff on clearance. You get cutouts. Yeah, you buy somebody would buy a pair of rollerblades, you use them once, break their arm, bring yeah. them back. It was a pair of rollerblades <laughs> that had been used once, but right. it was like one eighth of the cost. So, I mean, in fact, I got my first pair of rollerblades there. <laughs> it was also my last pair more, of rollerblades. Okay, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> it was the one pair of rollerblades I ever had. All right. But I, I was an early adopter. I got these rollerblades pretty early on. Oh, nice. Um, and, and I enjoyed them, but it, was, but it was very definitely a thing where it's like, oh, I, am I going to use rollerblades? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not, is what it turned out to. Uh, but so anyway, but there absolutely was a moment where I started to feel alien in an REI. And I, and it was a devastating time because it's been such a, like, it was like, felt like such a family operation for a general store, a cooperative. Mm-hmm. It is a co-op at heart, right? Yeah. Oh, and, I, and still is, you know, they still send me a check at the end of the year. Oh, wow. For my small portion of the profits. Um, and then you take the check down to REI and spend it mm. on stuff. You know, you get yourself a new headlamp. Like I have 40 headlamps in this house because they never die. And it's a, it's like an easy Christmas present back in, back in the day. Like there'd be a bin by the, there'd be a bin of them by the cash register. And you'd go, you know, who'd like a headlamp for mm-hmm. Christmas? John Roderick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there they'd be in the stockings. And I never, the thing is, I never said, I've already got a headlamp. I was always thrilled to get a headlamp. I should get a headlamp. I'm like that with flashlights. I've spent more on flashlights than I should. Every time I see a flashlight that's nicer, brighter, better made than one I already have, I'll pick it up. And it's it's in the the two-digit range. 
It's it's not a always a cheap thing. But last yeah. night, for example, we were trying to find a cat fight back behind our house without going outside. And boy, that thing just it bathed, it bathed. It's called I think it's called the glide. It's it's got a, it's got a nice lumen, heavy heavy lumens light. Plus, it you can slide it open, and then you get a uh, you get a little lamp. Oh, oh, sure. You, and then you can hang it uh, on a tree and sure. illuminate your camp. And it's got there. a badass magnet on the end, so you can stick it on the refrigerator, which my wife loves. Let me ask you this. Can a zombie see light at night? Is that a threat, or do they go to sleep at night? Or wait, are they only awake at night? Well, uh, no, they are awake. There are some problems with science, with how zombies work. Do you go work. into your townhouse at any point and close all the windows, like with yeah, shutters? Yeah, the, the, the problem with the walkers is that... Especially when there's large numbers of them, like they, not, not, there's not one of them that's going to figure out how to open your fence. But when there's fifteen hundred of them and they lean forward, your fence goes down. It's, it's uh, that kind of situation. Well, do they hear? Do they hear dancing and noise and use one another's bodies to climb up over big walls? Well, as far as the dancing, uh, they definitely respond to sound. They yep. have uh, used sound as a way to attract or dis- distract. Uh, walkers at various right. times, and that's one way you can really you can kind of screw with somebody. Is you play some loud music near somebody you want to get walkered. Oh, ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. in your face! I just walkered you. The rules have changed, my friend. The rules have changed. Can you, uh, in the great, in the in the uh, Native American fashion, yes. run a herd of walkers off a cliff? Oh, lemming style. Well, yeah. that's that's that ends one. I don't want to spoil it for you because I know you're mm-hmm. saving these for prison. No, mm-hmm. that's Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I presume I'll be in prison long enough to also watch these. <laughs> uh, they've tried that, and you know, it seems like there's always some some smart aleck that ends up screwing things up. But at one point, they were trying to like run them all into a pit. That was a plan yeah. at one point. But uh, I took you off your topic, though. So, so oh. REI for you and your family was a place. Yeah. And if increasingly you felt uh, you felt uh, out of place there. I felt estranged. I would go in, I'd wander around, and what happened was all the all the technical fabrics, I think, allowed. Uh, oh, and also the the pressure to have new stuff every season. It turned Adventure Gear into this thing that wasn't. It was no longer being built for like best. Like, what is a novel solution? What's an inexpensive way to manufacture this while still maintaining the the sort of, uh, like, false front that it is super durable, mm-hmm. right? It's technical without being durable. Oh. Let's call it that. Because they, want, they want it to blow up on you. They want it to be, they want it to look like five years ago, so you have to get a new one. And I'm not saying this is... This is REI generating this from within their cooperative heart. I think it's just the it's just a pandemic of outdoor gear. And, and well, and, I, I'll tell you something I heard. Now this is third hand, but I remember yeah. I had a, a friend of a friend. <clears throat> I heard from a friend of a friend who worked at the Limited. The, oh, the Limited. The, the young the girls' clothing store that was so popular. Also Canadian. It's oh, also interesting. Canadian. Yeah, interesting uh, that, you know, limited at the time anyway, famously had a very permissive return policy, uh, which would allow you to bring in pretty much anything and exchange it. I don't think they would give you cash, but they would do an exchange. Now, there's several interesting points here. One interesting point is, I mean, maybe setting aside the Esprit stuff, stuff that was very inexpensive to make. 
and they charge quite a markup on it. So they, there was some wiggle room to be able to afford exchanges. That's right? how they get you, the that, wiggle room. That's how they get you. But then here, the other thing is what they discovered was, turns out, people who come in to do their free exchange, ha, 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 put it to the man, end up buying right. stuff along with it. Hakuna Matata, the music goes yeah. around, and pretty soon everybody's wearing right. nothing but limited. You're basically if returning you were, limited or wearing limited all the time. Right, because they can't, because, yeah, right, they're in, they're in the hole. Mm, oh, sure, to, they're underwater, as they say. I used to take my shoes back to, uh, to Nordstrom uh, and get a new pair of shoes and then wear them out and then take them back to Nordstrom because I was poor and I was, you know, and I still, I was poor, but I still felt like I should shop at Nordstrom. Yeah. Uh, and I brought, I finally brought a pair into a guy and he was a shoe salesman who was about my age. And I was like, yeah, these shoes, I just feel like, mm, time to take them back. You know what I'm saying? And he looked at me and he was like, I think you've gotten a lot of use out of these shoes, don't you? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, I was, and he shamed me into taking those shoes and walking out the door. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, my God, the, 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 the salad days are over. Uh-huh. He didn't say no. He just employed. He did something much more effective than no. Yeah. He got he, you well, thinking. He got you thinking. Yeah. He knowed me in a way that I never did it again. Yeah. Like I, I don't take anything back now. If I buy something and it doesn't work for me, I take it to the thrift store. Uh, let me ask you this: If you were going to buy a house, have, I wonder why I've never heard of this before. But yeah. if, if I were building a giant uh, McMansion right now, where I was designing it. Instead of a panic room, I would build a wiggle room. Why has nobody done this? Why is I've this never even heard of the idea for a wiggle room, and I'm fascinated. Buy a build a fucking <clears throat> wiggle room, hmm. and then it first of all it gives you wiggle room. Mm-hmm. So it says it right there on the tin, right? And yeah. then who doesn't want a room where that's expressly the point of it, right? Go in there and wiggle. Hmm. I love sure. this idea. Yeah, you got kids. It's like God, you kids, go into the wiggle room. Get in the wiggle room, and it wouldn't have to be that big. It would just have to be big enough to wiggle in. Well, yeah, but you'd want it to be you'd want it to be big enough for for uh, you know if you needed wiggle room, but also right. you know on Friday night you and the lady looking for something you know looking for a little bit of the strange go yep. down to the wiggle room. Oh man, get put your the, wiggle. Put the tarp on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is why is that not why why are people not having oh, wiggle John, in money every on modern the table? House? Why why aren't you on boards? You should be on more boards. You could help so many people with these ideas. I mean, you're pioneering this idea. You want to, you want to get the monk holes in there. You want escape valves. We got secret walls, a wiggle room. I mean, this is you, this is just money on the table. Money on the <clears> table. <throat> so let me suggest let me suggest a thing to you, which is that Within the sailing community, mm-hmm. which is a so REI did a thing where they went from just sort of mountain alpine. They expanded at one point to prosumer goods. Right. And this happened to Eddie Bauer, too. Eddie Bauer became more and more prosumer until they just prosumered their way right out of the pro and they just became sumer. Um, REI still has enough pro. You can call them prosumer, but there's a lot of sumer mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in their pro. But within the sailing community, which is you know a forgotten side of the adventure sport community, you don't they go on some gnarly adventures. One might say even getting on a sailboat begins an adventure hmm. uh, because the sailboat could sink at any time, and then where are you? Oh, yeah, right? that's true. What if you hit a shipping container in the middle of the the, the South Indian Ocean? What are you going to do? 
what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to try and build your boat back, but that's not going to work. My, the, my lady's from sailing people. Yeah, sailing. They're, they're very they're very nautical. My, my one of my brothers in law uh, installs high end electronics into high end seacraft. Uh, so mm-hmm. that could be your navigation system, you know, your communication system. Often enough, let's be honest, it's an entertainment system, but that's what he does, and he's doing quite well with it. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. very nautical. Now, when I met my wife, she had, was it Helly Hansen? Was that the name of it? Yeah, they, they're it's pronounced Healy Hansen Healy? against all okay. logic. See, but that's that's also how they get you, is the secret yeah. pronunciation. But she had, <laughs> yeah. she had a, a sailing jacket that she had inherited from her much, not inherited, well, this is before he passed away, but anyway, she got her dad's old jacket, which was in beautiful condition and i thought it was really cool it was her, her like go-to giant rain jacket and it had yep. a little thing where you could like string a rope through it how cool is that yep that, that's, your that's your dad's tailored right? shirt mm-hmm. is that right? a spoon tailored shirt yes it is spoon uh-huh. good grab good grab S- fit, fitted fitted shirt fitted shirt it was fitted shirt. fitted shirt Fitted shirt. They don't make them like my dad's old fitted shirt. Nope. But so within, so sailing is the place where I have found there is still. Does it take a, you away? It takes me. <laughs> it does. Sailing takes me away. Yeah, it's not to far down to paradise. Oh. At least it's not for me. Yeah. But when the wind is. <laughs> Listen, when you see the Southern Cross, Merlin. Yeah. That's when you know. Yeah. Think about I, how many times I have tried to. Yeah, Sister right. Golden how Hair many, surprise. many roads must a man walk down before yep. he is a uh, before he's a bad man behind yeah. blue eyes? Yeah, before he's reluctant to travel because of his uh, violation of. Anyway, uh, he's out riding fences. Uh, so oh, go, yeah. So you go to you. So you put in you put into the googs. Uh, just something simple. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, like sailing clothes. Sailing clothes. Okay. And you get this, uh, you get websites like Apps Limited. Absolute. Absolute. You get West Coast Sailing, Sailing Pro Shop. And then you go in and you start looking at jackets in there, and all of a sudden there are all these brands you never heard of. Okay. And you go, oh, how, is there, how are there brands that I never heard of in what I would consider to be the outdoor adventure gear world? Wow. There's, these, this, this is, these are some unusual designs. Because you're out there sailing. And you're trying to, you know, when you come into the harbor, you've got a whole different group of people that you're trying to communicate with. By oh, your you're, you're going to rep different. You're going to rep a very different thing, and if you're, if you, I'm sure there are people come into harbor in a in an Arcteryx, mm-hmm. uh, but the sailors know. Oh, uh, you're trying to get you're trying to get away with the double duty here, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, mm. were, were you recently skiing? Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't skiing, I was just sailing, and that's why I'm wearing this Gill or Zeke or Henry Lloyd outfit. Mm. Um, I mean, is it a little bit like wearing a football jersey to a baseball game? Well, it depends. Like, how much do you want to? How much do you want to culture jam? How much are you? Especially if you're not actually playing the game professionally, I guess it doesn't matter that much. But in San Francisco, if you show up in a in a jacket that that is like sailing identifying, Mm -hmm. if you sailing identify, yeah. Ninety-nine percent of the people out in there who are just who are just coding, they're just writing codes. Yes, 
for computers, mm-hmm. they're not going to know the difference. I got to be honest with you. I, I I don't recognize. I don't read a lot of these as nautical wear. This is cool. This is one here, the Gill OS two sailing jacket. Looks kind of like the uh, comic book character Deadpool. There's a lot of uh, you get Nantucket shorts. I guess that gives you like uh, waterproof butt. But no, honestly, if I saw a lot of this, this would not necessarily read as uh, a sailing gear to me. Right, and there's looking just at the first pull down menu, mm-hmm. you see uh, you see things like shirts and rash guards. Rash guards. Oh, now I, I don't think hmm. I don't think REI has a separate category for rash guards. Hmm. And then over here, this is an interesting combination: sunglasses, hats, and knee pads. Hmm. Like those are grouped together: mm-hmm. sunglasses, hats, and knee pads. There's people. There's people on The Walking Dead that wear knee pads. Just FYI. Uh, well, sure, because you're in combat mode, yeah, right? They kind of look like to, umpires. Well, you put, yeah, right. You put together your own. This is one of the great things about a post-apocalypse environment. You get to build your own armor. Oh, right? that's true. You get to build your own armor, and it's a very, it's a very sort of Mad Maxy armor. You're throwing together some some bits and bobs. Yeah, it could uh, be it could be made out of like uh, old cans. Mm-hmm. Um, you could mm-hmm. get a helmet made of a water bottle. <laughs> There's or, yeah, all kinds of things. Hockey helmet is a good one. Oh my god, John! Oh my god, yeah. John! I'm on apps absolutely, and I just Absolute. got a pop up a live chat from Mike. Mike wants to say hello. Thank you for visiting. Can I help you in any way? Oh, Mike is like a, he's like paper clippy. Oh my god. He's like, I see you're writing a document. Would you like some help? <laughs> I see you don't know whether to shit or go sailing. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I see you're writing a letter of resignation. Hello. <laughs> um, uh, so, okay, I'm closing so that one out of here because I don't want to talk to Mike, and I don't like Mike being there. But um, God, you know, I hope he's there, gone. I closed the window. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. he can still find me. <laughs> well, he's there, and he's like, "Well, gee, all I wanted to do was help." Yeah, that was that uh, rude of me. That was kind of rude of me. Well, it depends. Did they leave? Did you did you allow them to leave cookies? Well, this uh, is my other problem points? is I don't I don't like talking about coupons. I I, I I had to deal with that at the mall too. But that's a whole separate issue. I don't, I just don't I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to know. I don't want to know that this coupon is good today. I don't want I don't want the coupon. And then when, yeah. when I use the coupon, I don't want you to talk to me about the coupon. I don't want you to tell me that you're going to give me the coupon. To hang on to because I can still use it until February 14th. Now, do you have a Barnes and Noble membership card? No, I don't. I don't. Well, you know, no. if we can sign you up today and you can get a Mastercard. Oh yeah. You know, I just really what I want to do is be anywhere but talking about my coupon. Are so, you a member of any loyalty organization? Yes. Which ones? Uh, I technically, I mean, I have a Safeway number, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't use it much. The only one I use much is Walgreens because right, it's on my watch. Which sure. makes it easy. You're there twice a day. <clears throat> I'm there twice a day, and it and it does sometimes. If the, I frequently when I'm buying something, there will be something I am purchasing at Walgreens that is at their rock bottom prices, but I only get the discount if I use my watch. Yep, yep. And do you is it a is it a is it a binger? Is it a fob or is it uh, do you type in your number? Well, you can also enter your phone number, which I'm I don't love doing. But no, you you hold your watch up and they scan it. Yeah, right, okay. They scan your watch, John. So you, you, you think you'd you want to do that? You think you'd want to have a watch people scan when you go to Walgreens? You think you'd like you that? some kind of fob. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, but you don't have an REI number. I do. I just don't, I don't have it with me, and I'm not going to, I might be on my phone somewhere. They gave me a fob. Basically, yeah. okay, I can tell you. I can tell you. I can look at my wallet. I can tell you. I got, I got a, not to be creepy, I got a San Francisco Zoo card. Good. I, I belong to the zoo. You upgrade that every year? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, we used to belong to the uh, Academy of Sciences, but that's super expensive. You remember yeah, we've done a... comedy there, you and me. 
Yeah, we have, and I've been there now several times. They have a shark. They also oh, they have a great aquarium. They have a uh, an albino alligator that you're not allowed to take pictures of. Oh, right. Uh, but see, we used to belong it'll, to that. What it'll, else? It'll degrade the paint on it over time. Oh, absolutely. That's that's how they yeah. get you. I've also got I've got a library card that I use very very frequently. Good, good. Uh, what else do I? Oh, oh, I got several. Uh, I've got several uh, sandwich cards. Oh, I, so you get punch cards uh, for from cafes only at samples. one place. There's a place in my neighborhood where my daughter and I go a couple three times a week, and uh, I've got five full cards at this point. So I'm going to put that place out of business at some point. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> here you mm-hmm. go. I'm having a party. They make a pastrami like, sandwich with uh, with crab salad on it. So there's not a single fucking. I'm this. I'm just going to say this, and I don't. We don't need to talk about it. No, there's not a single goddamn deli in Seattle. What? Not a. Not a one. What there is happening? Is it, has, is, it, is it a diaspora, John? Have they all left? Why, why are there, there no are, delis? There are places that purport to be delis. Oh God! But whatever. The, so, are they cute? Is it like? Is it like kind of? Is it like a cute like deli in, in like air, air quotes kind of thing? Yeah, no, it's like it's like artisanal it's not, pickles. It's not cute at all. It's like real authentic New York City deli. And oh, then you it's walk like angry, angry tattoos guys with the uh, sink stoppers in their ears. Yeah, where they're like, this is <laughs> deli. We're going to do it New York style. <laughs> and then you go in there and you're like, oh, no one in here has ever been to New York? Yeah. Because there is a New York style deli. It is a wonderful thing. And this is not it. And, yeah. and it, it's not it in some simple ways that you could rectify in an afternoon if you had ever been to New York or knew at all. I bet, what you, you're I bet you a Whole Foods, pound for pound, a Whole Foods is probably closer to New York deli than a lot of that bullshit. Well, I, I think it's true. And, you know, Seattle used to have a vibrant Jewish community that lived right in the center of town. Oh, and man. now the uh, the Orthodox um, community has moved south of town. And they, but somehow, inexplicably, they have not built any delis down there. And I think it's because Orthodox uh, does something else. They don't need, uh, they don't need to get uh, matzah soup in a neighborhood. They mm-hmm. just do, I don't know where they're doing it. Uh, oh, there that is, sucks. There used to be a grocery store, a QFC, our our, uh, our premier brand. Right, I've been uh, to a QFC with you. There was a QFC that had a very large kosher section, but then that QFC closed, and the Safeway picked up the slack, and so the Safeway, it, there's a Safeway that has the that has a kosher section, but it's also the Safeway that is the that is the main Safeway. Of the hood, for lack of a better way of putting it, and by that I mean everyone in the South End, mm-hmm. which is, as you know, America's most diverse zip code. You live in the most, don't want to be creepy about it, but you live in the most diverse zip code in, in the United Amer- States. Mm-hmm. The America's most diverse zip code. So mm-hmm. this Safeway is trying to be everything, it's trying to be all things to all people. <sighs> right. And so you walk in and there's like, whoa, over here you got a Jewish deli, over here they got no soup. <laughs> There's like a big aisle. Not me, not me. There's a big aisle that appears to just be menudo. There's a like I don't know how you have as many menudos as can be in a whole aisle. At our Safeway, there is <laughs> uh, there's something like a deli, which is mainly it's basically a step above a Seven Eleven hot bar. It's just yeah. basically uniformly golden brown, fo- you know, foods and like and like salads from a five gallon drum and mm-hmm. frozen seafood. Fuck that. Our aisle, we have an aisle here. I believe it's called International. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're which not is, which says everything that. you need to know about America today. At least yeah. they didn't say foreign. But <laughs> yeah, right. International. Like, if you want something, if you like, if you are from anywhere <laughs> in the continent of Asia, here's Here. eleven feet that might interest you. 
Yeah. Or uh, we, uh, where, where's your paste picante sauce? Oh, you're over there oh, international. Right there in international. Bum yeah, with, with, with the Doritos. <laughs> um, yeah. I do not. So I have a I have a couple of. So I have a I have a little bit of a advantage here because okay. my mom joins every program. Uh, every loyalty program. Oh, okay. And they are all coded into her phone number, which I happen to know. Oh, beep boop. Right. So if somebody's like, oh, you want to buy cupcakes, these are 99% off, mm-hmm. but only if you have a loyalty card, I beep boop hers. You're also doing a little bit of culture jamming. I like this. Mm-hmm. And if, she, if there's any benefit to accrue, she can accrue it. Yes. Right? She yes. can use those points. I'm, I'm, I'm paying in. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, like, I'm giving back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't have to deal with it. Now, I don't know if you know. Uh, I don't know if you know the great Dan Savage. Mm-hmm. Dan Savage has. Uh, you know, we all try to compensate for our our lifestyles on the road. We all try to. We all have habits. We all have little quirks. Dan Savage did a very interesting thing, which is he keeps every single key card from every hotel he stays in. Mm. And because Dan tours extensively doing his uh, Savage Love shows and various, uh, you know, he's he does speaking, he goes out with the uh, It Gets Better campaign. He's been all over the world. Mm-hmm. And he has collected, uh, he's collected not just a stack of key cards, but he had to then move over and, and go to a second stack. I, I approve of this hobby. This is an interesting hobby. Yeah, it's a so he keeps a very small group of things that right on his mantle, and it's just two enormous stacks of key cards. And as you know from uh, living at, at some point in your life in a key card economy, mm-hmm. as soon as you leave the hotel, you no longer you can no longer look at the key card and and know anything about when you stayed there, what it was about. Like two it's just, days, it's after, just another Marriott. It, yeah, exactly. It's just like this is meaningless. It has no dates on it. It's, it tells me nothing. Now, maybe if I had a key card reader, I could put it in and it would say something about me. Oh, I'll bet it does. But as far as I know, and a lot of them are just blank, but he's kept them all. And I think and it's admirable. And it's just an it just it's up on the, the mantle. And it's like that. I love that. It's like my, 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 my grandpa always used to grab a uh, book of matches and then put it in a big brandy snifter on top of the TV. So you know? my my dad had that exact collection, and I inherited it. Oh. Now I have a giant urn of, of 1970s and 60s matchbooks, which I cannot use because, of course, I tre- uh, you know like I treasured them. Yeah. And so somebody's like, "You got a match?" And I'm like, "Nope, sorry." Yeah, you're I facing mean, my ass. Yeah, I have. A, it's an still 11. funny. I, have a little, <laughs> I wish somebody funny. would ask me for a match. <laughs> you have a match. <laughs> well, you stop it all the time, and now it never happens. Your embrace and my collapse. You have a match. <laughs> So I point over to, you know, I have 20,000 matches. But yeah, I got a match. <laughs> I also have a swivel stick, you know, from every... You know, cards. Cards are interesting because I'll, I'll bet you I'll bet you they are... I would be surprised if large hotel companies were not using that data for reasons. Oh, yeah. Blue, I'll blue. bet there's all kinds of interesting stuff that they could get out of that data. I mean, at the very least, you can understand stuff like traffic patterns, right? You can understand that, like, oh, you know, this, this person goes, like, in those places where you got to, like, run the car to get to the ice or whatever. Right, at least right. just basic traffic patterns, because that affects their, their margins are so fucking thin on those hotels, and they're yeah. cutting corners all the time. And just, just think about the, the basic optimization. It seems to me that the most basic optimization, and probably... One of the biggest cost centers is turning rooms over with housekeeping, et cetera. 
Right. Right. So, like, for and example, I'm a late checkout guy. Every time, late checkout. Oh, I always ask. But you know, I mean, for example, you know, you know, they recently um, a lot of the places have taken mini bars out of the rooms. Do, do you know oh. why? I'm grateful because I hate those things. Well, but, but here's why? here's why they do it. They, because it turns out it was more costly to maintain them in the aggregate than the money that they were making. So oh, it, no kidding. It wasn't even apparently it wasn't even worth the labor of that guy coming and knocking on your door at ten forty five. Why the fuck are right. you here? I mean, check the mini bar. Okay, <laughs> yeah, still the here. Still here. Yeah, Toblerone's <laughs> still there, buddy. So get all good. All good. Uh, well, but, that makes sense. But you know, but there's a lot of data to clean. Now, I'll tell you another thing. If you live in San Francisco and you're like me, you get what's called a Clipper card. You get a Clipper card. Clipper card is the uh, thing that lets you basically you can put money on it and use it mm-hmm. on all the different Bay Area transactions things. Uh, what, what a lot of people don't know is that uh, you can go in and your your history of like where you've traveled, where you ran your car, it's all in there. No, dog, really? Mm, I've done it. I've gone and looked at it. Because we have orca cards up here now because oh. the orca, of course, is the symbol of the Northwest. Yes. And the orca card allows you to travel everywhere. But there's a system, apparently, where you bloop your card, and then I get—I haven't read up on it, but I guess when you get to where you're going, you unbloop your card. And oh, like on Bart, for example. Bart's weird because I, I still don't understand how this works or why this works. I guess it makes sense because the nature of Bart is you pay for how many, like how far you went, how many stations. Right. So you run Bart. You've used Bart. You use yeah. this is different from Muni for people who don't know or care. Muni is the San Francisco one where if you're an honest citizen, you run your card. It charges you two dollars and twenty five cents, and you can ride as much as you want for ninety minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. With with Bart, you run your card and it doesn't charge it. But then when you get off to get out of Bart, you have to run it again and that's when it takes the credit off your account right well so uh the way seattle has decided their thing works is it's sort of like amsterdam you get on and there's no turnstile you just go down and get on hmm. uh and yeah if you if you are an honest person you bloop your card if you're not you just are a scoff law and you write it until some a uh, security officer comes on and starts walking down the thing asking to see everybody's thing. Uh-huh. And then he has a little handheld thing. He bloops your card. Bloop. And if it's if you haven't blooped it, then you're, I don't know what, you're in big trouble. You go to well, you subway get prison. Just go to subway you get a ticket. Subway prison where you get to read uh, Shakespeare. But the thing about that, this is true in Amsterdam, and it's true, <laughs> I, I guess, in the Seattle thing, is if you're watching and the train pulls in and you see, because I think in Amsterdam at least, a different uh, they have... They have um, they have five enforcement officers. If the trains that day have five doors, and so the train pulls up and there and a person gets on each door. Oh, I see. But they don't check the people who are getting off at that stop. Oh, so, so you, you just walk, you just uh, wait it out. Yeah, you you look for them, and if you pull up to a train and they're there, like all the all the scoff laws, all are like, "This is my stop," and then they're free. And mm-hmm. so it's only grabbing the scoff laws who aren't paying attention. I don't know how it works in Seattle because I've never seen one of these guys get on. But hmm. I, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I want to do the thing. I blew yeah. my card. I, I go feel down terrible. Get- I feel terrible. If, if for some reason, like, I, I, it's so dumb. The two things I sweat are the library and Muni. I feel so guilty because I have a card for me and a card for my daughter. I pay full adult fare for my daughter because I can't be bothered to go and buy a kid's card downtown. Right. And so it costs us $5 each time we ride the train. No big. But sometimes it goes boop, boop, boop. And I go, oh, God damn it. I've What'd you do wrong? What'd you do wrong? Well, it's that means like we ran out of credit and I didn't realize it. And I oh. forgot to add more to it. And I'm like, oh, God, I, I'm scurrying to the front of the train to go pay cash because like I, I feel so guilty when I do it. 
no, you don't want to be that guy. Uh, but so I never unboop, and I guess what that means is I pay full fare to go everywhere. Oh, interesting. It's like uh, parking. It's like, yeah. you know, if you leave your car there, they just assume that you, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So assume you've been there the whole time. You know what I mean, right? Yep. You get charged yep, yep, for yep, the whole you, month or whatever. You pay the maximum charge. Yeah. So, so I haven't quite figured out the Orca card, and I'm guessing that every, if I went and looked at my history, it would just say every time you get on the train, you go all the way to the end. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, there was a movement a while back to go back to your uh, membership cards. There was a movement a while back of people saying, hey, look, you, you have Safeway parties where people would go, and uh, it was just an excuse for you might just be everybody at a table at a bar, but everybody would swap Safeway cards. What? Yeah. And every time, every time you meet a friend, you swap Safeway cards. Why? Because the discount is identical, and right. it screws with their chronographics and <laughs> data gathering. <laughs> right? Culture jamming. Culture jamming, because the thing is, you go, oh, you know, this, this, uh, this 22-year-old woman is suddenly buying a lot more organic products and vitamins. Right. Uh-huh. 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 your thingy. And so this is, uh, I mean, she's going to have a baby. And like, so now you're into what's called chronographics, which is once you're able to figure out how old somebody is and what they do, you can tailor many things to them. And then at Walgreens, they give you a goddamn coupon. Coupons! I get with the yeah. coupons. I, I, buy, I buy my Claritin, and then they give me a coupon for Claritin. Yeah, sure. sure. People who bought this also bought Claritin. People who bought a clock also bought three clocks. But here's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Why would I want to start getting special offers for being pregnant? Here's the thing. It's a lot like Tor. you got to ask yourself, I don't know what Tor is. But if I did, I would say the problem is... It's the onion, right? Tor is the, the onion. Tor, Tor is the onion. That's right. Joe yeah. Biden. And, and yeah. so the, the thing is, though, you got to ask yourself, well, you know, yeah, maybe it's going to cover up, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing. But remember, <clears throat> your IP is also being used for whatever somebody else is doing. Right. So, yeah, exactly. You, you get what you I'm saying, right? Yourself. You gotta, yeah, you ask, gotta yourself. ask yourself. You go and you switch SIM yourself, cards. Is do- this my beautiful house? <clears throat> That's right. How did I get here? Uh, okay, so I get <clears throat> the culture jamming. Yes. Aspect of it. I so basically culture jam, culture jam style. Mm-hmm. Uh, the when I go to the supermarket, basically the supermarket is receiving two pieces of information. <laughs> One is coming from an 82 year old woman who goes to the grocery store or the uh, or the drugstore every single day. Mm-hmm. And buys like a completely random old lady set of things because my mom is a you know she's not not a normal old lady right uh-huh. she's buying like like I, who knows what she buys frankly and then I go I go in there yeah. and typically the only things I buy anywhere are uh, chocolate cake and <laughs> and cream for my coffee right half, okay half and half and a piece of chocolate cake. And so they've got to be like, this little old lady, first of all, she's up at five. Yep. Because she's at the store the day it opens, you know, the moment it opens to buy, I don't, barrettes? I don't know what she's buying. Sure. Little little things. She likes to go, she's like old school. She likes to go to the store every day, kind of like you. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> generally at 11.45, 15 minutes before the store closes, she comes back and buys chocolate cake and half and half. Yeah. Like what are we to make of this? How do we tailor? How do we tailor the 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 circular? They got a yeah. How do we shape the algorithm? Right. Do you think we ever want to just like pull the tape on that and go look and see what's going on? It's all you know. Oh oh my god, you're gonna love this. My mom called a uh, a phone tree 
the other day. She called the place. Oh, you know what it was? It was a the pr- her printer stopped working. Okay. And so she called the helpline, and she made it through the phone tree, uh, and she put in her you know her home address and her social security number. Not really. She didn't put it in her social security number. I've told her not to do that. Mm-hmm. But she put in the the number on the printer and all this stuff, and then finally she got somebody who had never heard of her and needed her to tell them all that information. Oh, as God. Usual. And then uh, she talked to that person for 20 minutes. person was, like, struggling to solve a problem, and then they got cut off. Oh, God. Right? Right? Uh. So she called the thing back, and the first voice came on, Hello, welcome to Epson. And she yelled into the phone, I just spent 70 minutes talking to your person, and I didn't, you know, and it, according to her, clicked immediately to an operator. Wow. And so she was, we were driving in the car, and she was, she was thinking about what had happened, because she felt like she had discovered a hack. Um, if you, if you yell at the phone, it will understand. Mm-hmm. And it will take you immediately to an operator. What she couldn't decide. I've, 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 I've done this. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. Because it used to be time. I'm sorry. I cut off your story. Please go ahead. Well, she couldn't decide. She was toying with two options. Did the, did the algorithm understand her words? Mm-hmm. Did the algorithm understand her tone? I think it's purely volume. Try this. Next time this happens to you. So it used to be in the 90s, if you were a smart cookie, you knew, you knew a thing, which is in the, in the early days of phone trees, everybody eventually learned if you just yes, keep hit, hit zero over and over and over, and eventually it'll go through. Well, now, remember, your options have recently changed. Something I, I haven't done this in a while because I, I, I can't be helped. I won't call places anymore. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to say the word. But if you, you just scream the F word repeatedly. Whoa. I don't know why I'm suddenly so so careful about this. No way, you really? You scream the F word over and over and you hear, and it'll cut you over to a uh, operator. Just just for fun, try it. Call, call Epson call Epson and see if it works, just for fun. Now, you probably could be yelling, uh, Tom Bombadil, and it would take you anyway. I don't know. Right. Well, or, the, 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 or Tom Bombadil would show up. <laughs> which would also be cool. Is he a troublemaker, John? Uh, it's hard to know. He okay. may be, he may be the oldest living thing. Hmm. He may be the personification of of uh, of nature. Oh my goodness! But there is some suggestion that he's older than the rings, older than the oldest elves. Wow! And that he is chosen. He pre- he precedes the ring. He precedes the he precedes it all, Ooh. and he's chosen to live. You know, self. Constrained on this little plot. Tom Bombadil. The oldest of the old. Mm. The most ancient. Hmm. Uh, and so, if I could conjure him and he'd show up here at my house and I'd be like, Tom, I'm God, I can't find my computer. Mm-hmm. And and Tom Bombadil, he, <laughs> he never seems to get bored, right? Tom Bombadil never seems all, to be... All the, all the photos of him, he looks like he's doing a little dance. He looks very jolly. Yeah, he's. You know what he's bored by? The ring, which has no effect on him. Oh, interesting. Right? He takes the ring. He 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 he, uh, he messes with it for a little while. He fools with it, and he's like, "Hmm, bored." Do, Gives do, it do, back. Do. The one thing that everybody else is obsessed with, he's bored by. The <laughs> hipster. Ring. So, I, so here's my question. Dan Savage style, do you think there's anyone listening to our program that has kept every fob? Like all, your, all, the, all the room keys? 
No, not every not well, like the room keys, but it's not room keys, it's fobs. Oh, you so, mean like the like, okay, so like when you go to our library and get a library card, you get a normal size, like whatever that is, four by two, whatever standard credit card size that is. It goes into your wallet, right? You get that, and then you get a little thing like your gym membership thing. That's what right. you mean by a fob, like the little guy. Yeah, the little one that's supposed to go on your keychain. Yeah. Is there someone out there who just their own little peccadillos uh they carry around a key ring with all of the little... Oh, I see. Okay, so you're saying, is there anybody in our audience That's right. who gets the fob, uses the fob, keeps using the fob, and they just get a big-ass keychain full of fobs? A keychain full of fobs. Yeah, that was an That's excellent Spin Doctor's record. Because you see, right, people that... And I don't remember... I've seen them. I've seen them. There's yeah. a key culture. We've talked about this. There's the, the key culture. The, 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 the 900 keys on their key ring... Mm-hmm. Um, but there's got to now be a, a, a fob culture, mm-hmm. right? Because I keep getting – and I'm not even talking about let's leave aside the ones that you get from Walgreens that are a little paper thing on your keychain. People keep giving me fobs that actually are uh, the size and shape of a cookie, like an actual like Keebler's cookie, mm. uh, like Keebler elf uh, who are still younger than Tom Bombadil. Hmm. Hmm. Uh and they are they because they're elves, not dwarves, right? Are they dwarves? They li- little people. Are you talking well, about the? Uh, are you talking about the ones that live in a tree? Well, they call they, them they elves. Cookies. They call them elves, but they don't look like what we've come to believe elves look like. No, they're not like wood. They're elves. closer to what we would think of, I think, as a dwarf. Right, with the hat. They have the hat. Yeah, the right. hat well, elves. Elves, off, I think of as being those elegant creatures that look like the guy from uh, the Matrix. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Or, uh, or or that actress, elf. that actress with the father in Aerosmith. Like, isn't she an elf? Uh, I think she's an elf, yeah. What about uh, Claire Danes? Is she an elf? Oh, well, she had wings in that Soul Asylum video. Claire now she's Dane? on Homeland. I don't know. That's a really good question. She Remember, she uh, she gets angel wings in that uh, in that video. Oh, hmm. No, I stopped watching Aerosmith Aero, Aero, uh, mm-hmm. after a while. Mm-hmm. No, what's the one? The one, the, the uh, not Claire Danes, but the... But, um, the one who oh, played Kate, uh, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Yeah. yeah, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, I think she's an elf. And then you got, I think his yeah. name is Hugo Weaving. He's the guy who's V for Vendetta. And sure. he's also uh, the agent with the sunglasses in the uh, Jello movie. Do you know what's he? You know, when I learned he was the uh, V for Vendetta, mm-hmm. I was I was very I was it, it couldn't have been a better guy because, boy, what an emotive performance. You know what I heard? I heard that was actually, I heard that they attempted very briefly, I'm just repeating something I heard on a podcast, but I heard they attempted very briefly to have a stand-in for him and have him just do the voice, but I've heard pretty much that whole movie is that actor in a mask. Yeah. And it's, his performance is amazing. I really like that movie. Yeah, it would have to, it would have to be him because you couldn't duplicate that kind of body language. Yeah. Uh, That, that amount of sensitivity to, uh, to the the physicality of that role. A lot of guys on the internet, I, I really think that's how they look. Or seen, uh, like lady, a mm. lot of lot of a lot of gracious gestures, uh-huh. swords, yeah, jukebox, swords and sorcery. Do you think they use sorcery? Mm, could be. Mm. I've been to Ashland, Oregon. I know how much sorcery there is. I thought. What about that place in Arizona? What's it called? Fredonia? Isn't there that place that's got like uh, crystal energy? What's it called? Uh, S- 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 Sedona. Sedona. Babylon? Fredonia. Babylonia, Arizona? Babylonia, Arizona got a condo made of stone. <laughs> I think uh, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> there's, well, there's that place north of Joshua Tree with the uh, giant pyramid made out of copper tubing. No. Well, yeah. I've been to 29 Palms. 
Well, 29 that, Palms were you ever nice, in the Marines? We were talking about this. We talk, I talked about this with your family. 29 Palms, they got a nice-ass place you can go and stay there. Nice it's very place. interesting. It's got a lot of military training and hippies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did how the, how that trip go, by the way? Did they have fun at Joshua Tree? I think everyone had fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they went to Joshua Tree. That's partly why they had fun. I think they stayed in uh, Palm Springs oh, the entire time. Oh, interesting. Um, and, but I recently was looking at real estate in Joshua Tree. <sighs> okay. And here's what's confusing. Here's what's confusing about buying a vacation home in Joshua Tree. <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> uh, there, there. So you go, you go on, you go on your whatever your uh, real estate, your favorite real estate. Sure, website. you go to your Truefin or uh, you, you, the, Angliophile, yeah, or, or uh, House Bastard, or Dam. Yep. And uh, you go on there and you put in Joshua Tree uh, Vacation Home or Joshua Tree Home Real mm-hmm, Estate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and up pops a lot of things. And you can buy <clears throat> fifty acres in Joshua Tree for five thousand dollars. Right. Or you can buy 50 acres in Joshua Tree for a million dollars. Location, at, location, location. <laughs> right. And looking at 24 pictures of both plots of land, they are indistinguishable as far as I can see. There's no water on either one of them. There is nothing green on either one of them. They look like the surface of Mars. And as far as I can tell, both of them have manufactured homes situated on them with enough parking for 40 vehicles <laughs> and you go hmm, hmm. i'll buy the five thousand dollar one it's time except, for a compound right but i don't know like i guess you unlike almost every other place you really would need to go to joshua tree get a local by the short hairs and walk them out there and say why is this one five thousand and that one is a million mm-hmm. um and then they are going to say, oh, the $5,000 one is haunted by the ghosts of our ancestors. And the million-dollar one is where uh, it's where the ancestors had wiggle room. There's good AT&T coverage there. Sure. That might be it, too, mm-hmm. right? And get a wiggle but room. Like, if you're going to build a house in Joshua Tree, like here in Seattle, you buy a lot. You get a bulldozer in there. You flatten out the dirt. Uh, maybe you dig a hole. <clears throat> build a house. Yeah. There, you would have to use dynamite. Okay, oh, it's rocky? Even yeah, it's like lava-y, right? Mm. You would have to use dynamite just to clear a space for the bulldozer to work. Mm. Uh, so so I uh, I got pretty close to abandoning the whole idea of a vacation home in Joshua Tree in one session. One session, I was confused. In, one session of looking, I was confused enough um, that I felt like, if I'm going to go to Joshua Tree for a vacation, I'm just going to Airbnb a place. <sighs> You know, you could learn more, but I think you're talking about something that's just smart in general. You know that old line about, like, if, if you don't know who the who the asshole is, it's you. If you don't know who uh, the customer mm-hmm. is, it's you. If you don't know who the product is, it's you. you know, same here. Like, you know, in a case like that where you go, like, wait a minute, beware of situations where you know less than any other person involved. That can be a very costly decision. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure, right. You don't want to be the one that's like, you know what? I got this. Oh, this seems this seems nice. We're we're near a stream and there's a there's a grocery store and you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh but you don't know about the haunting. Yeah, what about the haunting? You didn't think about the haunting. Or it could be like that place that the FBI keeps busting because they think all the terrorist cell phones are there. Did you hear about um, that? Well, is that out in eastern Oregon? There was a place, I forget where, but there was this big mystery about this one location 
nobody could figure out why this 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 nice little normal hipster couple lived in this house and like all they kept getting raided by different places <laughs> were they getting doxxed by 4chan <laughs> i don't know because that seems like a good dox yeah <clears throat> this <throat> house this hipster house is full of terrorist cell i'm just saying beware of real estate agents bearing gifts is all i'm saying well, sure, because you know, there's another rule of thumb, at least in at least in these rainy climes. Yeah. Don't buy the lowest house. Oh boy. Right? Do not buy the geographically lowest This is the joke, John, and it's not even that funny once you understand why it's a joke, but everybody goes, Oh, you know, what is it what is it the tornadoes have against mobile homes? Ha ha ha. Well what tornadoes have against mobile homes is they're built in the cheapest, lowest lying place in the entire community, which is always wiped out by tornadoes. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, weather hates poor people. <laughs> stupid people keep building all their stupidness near the stupid tornado. I uh, we had a similar thing in in Anchorage, which is there's a there's a gap in the mountains outside of Anchorage that is basically a giant wind tunnel that funnels all wind, funnels the entire wind, all the wind. Every bit of the wind, it funnels down through this valley, and the valley is pointed like a blunderbuss at a certain neighborhood of Seattle called Muldoon. And Muldoon is a place where where there are trailer home parks. And when the wind really gets cooking, which it does every, you know, it's like a hundred-year storm that happens every eight years. Hmm. The wind comes down that blunderbuss... And the thing about it is, it's the gap in the mountains is not straight on. Like, if you're standing in Anchorage and you look up at the mountains, you don't see a valley pointed at you. Okay. It's coming at you at an angle. So the mountains just look like a kind of contiguous mountain range with uh, lots of interesting sort of depth to it. But somewhere up there, there's a spot that if you look at it from the side, wow, you can see all the way up to where the wind lives. Mm. And this thing shoots that wind down there and will pick up a mobile home and just take it. Just take the mobile. You'll never see it again. Is it a gust? I mean, does it it come out of nowhere? Uh, Well, so there are what they call sustained gusts. And for me, that seems to be like a contradiction in terms. Mm -hmm. A gust is like by definition not sustained. But sustained gusts, which is like at a certain point you get these hurricane force winds and they're just picking up trailer homes and they are destroying them, like flattening them like matchsticks and also taking them up to the sky where you're never to be seen again. Taking them up and the yapping dogs inside and gone forever. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, why do they keep, why does the wind hate the trailer homes? It's <laughs> like, well, those are the only things that get built in that area probably be for this very same reason. Mm-hmm. Tornado Alley. Mm. Wind, wind killer zone. Wind yep. kill zone. Gust, persistent gust. I was uh, sharing some of your wisdom with my daughter just last week. Uh-huh. The thing you taught me about learning to look at the look at the land, like where people decided to settle and like why they settled there, and like notice how often it's like near a body of water that could be used for shipping, or it's not on the top of a mountain because it would be hard to build a house there. And right. hmm, this is a good place for a railroad. I still think about that all the time. Yeah, right. You, you, why, why, why is it there on the river? Well, because that's the place that you could cross the river, and everywhere else on that river, it would be much harder to cross it. 
And also, that's the place where the water's running fastest, where we can build a wheel and use it for power. Or Somebody to must have tried to teach me this in school. You know, no, I don't think. Th- I don't think so. I don't think this is the type of thing it's that so they try to teach you. It's so interesting. I feel like some some bleeding heart liberal in the seventies. It must have occurred to them to go. You ever wonder why Cincinnati's built on what we call the Ohio River? Hmm? I don't think so. I yeah. think they were so busy saying. Uh, what what year was the War of eighteen twelve? Yeah, right. That they didn't, you know, they're just trying to tick off boxes, and they're not sitting there saying, "Let's think about this. Let's go and take a look and see and and dream. Let's dream." Mm-hmm. Even the hippie teachers didn't have the uh, didn't have the the wherewithal. Oh, that's so sad. They just didn't have permission to dream. They didn't have permission to dream. In mm. fact, their dreams. Their dreams did not become reality. Their dreams were thwarted and capped. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I think what we've lost now is even the knowledge that there once were dreams. Oh, my goodness. Right? Nobody's going into the schools and saying, why is Cincinnati built on the Ohio River? Murph. I mean, it, it wasn't called Cincinnati or the Ohio River at one point. Nope, 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 nope. We, we got the renaming rights. It's all mm-hmm. like AT&T Park, but for a state. But, you know, when people are coming into a turf, mm-hmm. when they're coming in and taking a territory away from uh, somebody that might have been already there, mm-hmm. they're not taking away the ter- They're not bouncing them off of their territory that they spent 900 years figuring out was the best and then building something a mile and a half away just to be different. Mm-hmm. They're bouncing them off the best land, and then they're building their thing there. It's so, not very nice. Well, yeah. you know, that's not. they weren't thinking in terms of nice. No. But what's the big here? Let me let, let me query you yes. about Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's the big diagonal street in Cincinnati that is a major thoroughfare but appears to not conform to the grid? Oh, geez, I don't know. I, well, I wasn't there when I was of driving age. We lived in right. the northwest part of town mostly. So mm-hmm. I mean, I've been downtown a lot. We drive by downtown a lot, but I'm not sure. I don't think I know the answer to that. I mean, their version of Market Street, basically. Yeah, typically in a city, there is uh, generally going to be one, and this is, you know, it starts in the old part of town, one mm-hmm. street that does not, does not conform to the grid that's a major thoroughfare. Oh, that's like, that's like the Ur Road. Yeah, that's the Indian Trail. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the one that, uh, that they built the road right along the Indian Trail because that was obviously the best route. It's, not, it's like Wacker it was, Drive, right? It's like uh, Chief Wacker probably built yeah, that. Yeah. Right, Wacker Drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they build the town up around it, and somebody comes along and is like, we need to put this town into a grid, but we can't do that to Wacker Road, mm-hmm. because Herr, Herr Wacker, the <laughs> original uh, chief of this area... Yep, the, really, uh, the original Illinoisian. Yeah, like all the buildings are on that road already, but we're going to build a grid around it, and then this road's going to be either the shortcut or the confounding conundrum road. That would be Market Street for us. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now, what is that? What is that in Seattle? Do you have one of those? Well, so there's so Seattle <clears throat> is very confusingly um, built the following way. One of the early, so the early settlers came and they all they all claimed a sort of well a claim mm-hmm. of uh, a certain portion of what became downtown Seattle, and one person thought that the roads should be parallel to the water. Uh, huh. Which made sense, right? First Avenue, Second Avenue, Third Avenue, as they come up from the water, because the water there was a 
a, a shore that was fairly even. That shore does not point north-south. It is sort of northwest by southeast, but the, the streets downtown are parallel to that coast. That was one guy's idea. And then another person thought that the street should be oriented true north-south. So he started building on his claim north-south. And then a third person thought that their roads should just be built according to their own whim. Oh, boy. And uh, there might even have been a fourth person that thought that the roads should go according to the the ridge line of the of the hill, one hill back. Okay. And so when they finally... But everybody's, got their, these, own, everybody's got their own program here. Right. And so when the city grew up enough that these areas needed to be connected, nobody said, all right, we're going to tear down your whole neighborhood and rebuild it because this is dumb. They just connected it all. And so if you look at an overhead map of Seattle, you will see that the streets go every which way. It's like a, it's like a broken window. Or if you gave LSD to a spider. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't know if you've ever given LSD to a spider, but boy. I think I remember I, I seeing photos of uh, LSD spider webs in health class. Yeah. Well, and they were basically, every one of them, a map of Seattle. Mm. Uh, but the main, so the main thoroughfares are a Denny, which goes all the way up and over and down. And that, of course, is named after Mr. Denny, oh, okay. whose area that was. And then there's Boren. Which goes the other way, Cattywampus Canoodle, mm-hmm. over this way, mm-hmm. and that's named after Mr. Bourne. And, uh, you know, then you got James, which is uh, named after Mr. James, and Yesler, named after Mr. Yesler. And uh, they're pretty, all. Pretty going consistent in, in the naming, if not yep. in the implementation. Right. They're all going their own way. Mm-hmm. They can go their own way. Mm-hmm. Go call, call it their another own day. Way. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, and it makes it, if you know what you're doing in Seattle, you can go from uh, Denny to Boren to Yesler, and you get there. You get there a lot faster. You take Denny to Boren, Boren to Yesler. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what you're doing, and you think that you just will drive down this one street that has a number, and it will take you to somewhere else, you're a fool. Because hmm. you will not get there. Can't you get will there end from up, here. That's right. You'll end up going... Mm. Until somebody, until somehow you get funneled down to Bourne and then to Yesler. But Bourne you're and not, Yesler, Tinkered Ever is the chance. Yep. That's right. But I think, you know, like uh, in uh, New York City, you're going to get your Broadway that goes from uh, to thither, to, from hither to thither, thither. Right. Broadway's up, batteries down. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, yeah, it's the. Is that it's right? The, uh, well, it's Most the, of what I know from New York, I've learned from musicals. Yeah, the Bronx is up and the batteries down. Okay. Which one am I? The, you're the Bronx. Okay. You know, I went I went finally on a tour, a self-guided tour mm-hmm. of uh, of the Bronx proper. Oh, nice. Just a, just a couple of months ago, I was there. I was given a tour of New York uh, to my lady friend, my millennial girlfriend. Yeah. Driving around, and then we were coming back from somewhere up north, coming back from Poughkeepsie or something. And I was like, <clears throat> and down here, over here, off the freeway here, you'll see the Bronx and I started giving her a, uh, a description of the history of the Bronx. Bronx has got a, a, a long and storied history. Uh, and Fort Apache, there in the Bronx. 
Fort Apache, the Bronx. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she said, well, uh, I want to see the Bronx. And I was like, oh, well, generally you don't see the Bronx. Generally you just refer to the Bronx. You point to the Bronx on a map or you look at the Bronx as you go over it on the freeway. And she said, well, I, I would prefer to get off the freeway and see the Bronx. Good and for I her. said, I said, this will be fun. And we got down off the freeway and we drove around the Bronx all night long. And it was extraordinary. Really? A lot going on in the Bronx. Hmm. And you wouldn't know it by looking at it on a map. Uh, you have to be down there on the streets of the Bronx looking at it. And, uh, yeah, so I learned a new thing. Well, I learned two new things. Listen to uh, what my millennial girlfriend says. Yeah. And also then uh, go to the Bronx. They're not just changing the way that wine is sold. They're also <laughs> changing They're also changing our idea of uh, how we interact with the Bronx. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? The, we have a lot to thank the millennials for. Oh, so much to learn from the millennials. Yeah. And... Um, and I'm learning every day, every single day. Do you, you look at it that way? You look at it as a learning experience? Well, you got to look at it somehow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after four, after 40 different people wrote me emails telling me not to use the term Bernie bro because it's racist. Mm. Oh, racist uh, against whom? Bernie bros. Who oh. don't exist. By the way, BTW, they do, do not exist. BT dubs. A- so it's, it's uh, racist to white people? Yeah, to Bernie Bros who are who don't exist, but it's equivalent oh. to racism. Uh, oh, because, it's equivalent to racism. Because yeah, everything now that hurts your feelings is equivalent to racism. This is another thing that I learned from millenniums. We've switched this generation's racism with Folgers crystals. Let's see if they notice. <laughs> hey, he never asks for another cup of my racism. <laughs> We prefer Bernie Americans. 